This episode of Pet Resource Radio is sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Tito's Vodka for Dog People program seeks to rescue and protect animals all over the country by supporting and working with local animal wellness organizations nationwide, including us, Kansas City's very own Pet Resource Center. After all, they're vodka for dog people. Does that mean that it can only be enjoyed by human-dog hybrid people made in a lab? No, of course not, because those don't exist. It's vodka for people who love dogs, like us and you. Pet Resource Radio is also brought to you by our friends at La Mega KC, Kansas City Spanish radio station, and of course by our friends at One Kansas City Radio. Listen at 100.1 in the KC area or listen online at onekcradio.org. talking with Natasha and Lacey from The Grooming Project about helping folks build a better life through pet grooming, this week on Pet Resource Radio. From the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, I'm Sierra Howe. And I'm David Allen Shapiro. (laughs) And yes, indeed, welcome to the program. We're coming to you from the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City here at 59th and Truce, a building practically bursting at the seams from the sheer number of folks working to keep pets and people together. We're going to talk to our neighbors at the Grooming Project here in a bit, but first, some pet news. The UK-based charity Guide Dogs announced results of a survey they did that shows that 74% of Britain's 8.8 million dogs could be showing signs of depression and anxiety, and 18% may have symptoms every week. Quote, it's outdated to think that dogs just need a walk or two a day to be content, explained Dr. Helen Whiteside, their chief scientific officer. Quote, without different forms of mental stimulation, dogs can begin to show signs of behavioral issues, such as anxiety and frustration. Guide Dog says that the most common symptoms are loss of appetite, 36%, destructiveness, 32%, and low activity levels, 31%. So how can these problems be counteracted? With mental stimulation, of course. Environmental enrichment like puzzle feeders help or going on a longer walk than normal, a sniffari, if you will, where they get to stop and sniff as they like. Interactive toys and physical activities can help too. It's In the end, it's, it's really just a matter of keeping them occupied and raising their quality of life. This hits home to me because ever since I've had a baby, I feel like I can't give as much attention to my pets. Mm -hmm. They get super jealous of each other, of Marcelo. Uh. And so I always try and do little things like this to cheer them up, to show them that I love them so they don't, they aren't sad. I don't want them to be sad, but life is crazy Yeah, in my house. (laughs) So... (laughs) All helpful information for me. Very helpful information. Surprised at the numbers. Um, And it's also one of those things that, you know, destructiveness was one of the things that they were talking about. And that's not necessarily something you think about when you think of depression. But then I think about myself as a person who has depression and I think, oh, no, that actually, that tracks. (laughs) They're trying to do something to get your attention. Right. That's their way of communicating with us. And I'm curious, we'll have to look into if this applies to cats. Yeah, I'd be curious. (laughs) Yeah. My cat is crazy too. Yeah. I'm doing great, (laughs) y'all. I'm here, right? Showing up every day. Yeah. No. Top of your game. All right. But in other news, in many cultures, pets are members of the family, so it only made sense that Tracy Nguyen celebrated her dog Daisy's 15th birthday the only way she knew how, a doggy quinceanera. 
For those who may not know, a quinceañera is a popular tradition in Latin America that celebrates young girls entering womanhood at the age of 15. The parties are typically pretty elaborate, and Daisy's was no different. Family members came together to celebrate the senior pup with music, food, and games, and she also had her very own dress, tiara, and custom cake with her cute little face on it. When it was time to sing happy birthday to her, they brought out the cake and her mom said her eyes welled up with tears. Quote, you could definitely tell she could feel the love as we gathered around her for her special day. Tracy also got emotional after Daisy went viral on social media, stating how it was incredibly heartwarming to go through the responses from people around the world, especially those who shared pictures and stories of their own pets. After all, Tracy did say spreading love and kindness is Daisy's MO, and we say this special moment did just that. This made me think, mm-hmm. how do you celebrate your cat's birthday? Um, I say happy birthday to them. That's it? Yeah, we're not big on celebrations in my house. That's kind of just my thing. But it's okay, right? No, each family has their. <laughs> no, we'll get them. We get them stuff. Beth, Beth is good about that. Yeah. Well, I honestly, I was better at it back in the day. And then, I mean, as I mentioned before, life is crazy. I just don't have the time, but I usually get them like a toy or yeah. some, uh, some treats. And that usually keeps them pretty happy. So, yeah. But this. But that's this elaborate. Is, exactly. Yeah. And if you see the pictures, <laughs> even though the cake is supposed to be Daisy, it kind of looks like a mouse. But her little <laughs> her little tongue is sticking out. So make sure to go to the to the notes on this episode so you can see the pictures because she's pretty cute. No, that's it's real cute. Um, why don't we go talk to Natasha and Lacey about the grooming project? Alrighty. essential to a pet's health and well-being, but there's an organization in town that goes above and beyond to help pets and low-income families and single parents. Today, we have our neighbors Natasha Kirsch and Lacey Adair on the show to talk about the work they do at The Grooming Project. Natasha and Lacey, welcome to Pet Resource Radio. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Of course. Let's just start off by introducing yourselves and what you do at The Grooming Project, just so that those listening can match the voices to the names. Sure. Um, my name's Lacey Adair. Um, I'm the director of grooming at the Grooming Project. Um, I've been there for quite a while now. Um, I think almost seven years now. So wow. Yeah. Yes, and I'm I'm Natasha Kirsch. I'm the CEO, and I founded the organization. So I've been there since the beginning. And when did you found the organization? We first opened our doors in 2016, but uh, it took about three years to fundraise before that. Gotcha. And so the grooming project is actually a pilot program of empowering the parent to empower the child. So would you mind telling us a little bit about that and then the inspiration behind the grooming project and like why grooming? Yeah. So it actually started because I was trying to figure out a way where we could actually break the cycle of poverty. And my research started to show that to do that, we really needed to work through mom to get to kids that are at a young age. And, you know, I was working at a homeless shelter uh, back in 2011. And every day I'd have eight or nine women sitting outside of my office waiting for me to get done with my work so I could help them apply for jobs. But many of them had felonies on their record, dropped out in the eighth grade, um, very low education and reading levels. 
then there's no car, they're living in a shelter, they've got three or four kids, and it just seemed impossible to to try and find a job that would work for them. And, you know, I was driving home one day from work, and my mom called from Iowa, and she said, you got to get another ad in the paper, I'll take any warm body who walks through the door. And my mom ran a grooming salon ever since I was born, and she's always complained about the demand for groomers and never you know, finding enough professionals that could work for her. So I did a little bit of research, kind of smashed the two together, and uh, we became the Grooming Project. That's awesome. And, you know, you not only teach your students grooming, but you also go over, like, life courses, or you provide mental health support. So what all do you do? So we, it's a comprehensive service. So if a, a, a mom or a dad come into the program and they're homeless or living in transitional housing, we will um, try and figure out what are all of the missing pieces. So do they need legal help? Do they need dentists? Do they need, you know, parenting classes, budgeting classes? Can they get a bank account? Um, so we, we're really trying to address all of the barriers that are keeping them from not only getting a job, but keeping a job. And then Lacey has the, the harder job of, of doing that workforce development piece with them gotcha. over a six to eight month period. That was going to be my next question is what the training program actually looks like. Yeah. Um, so once they're accepted into the program, um, it's six months and it's um, 644 hours and it's all hands-on training. So um, some of them come in there and have never had a job before. Um, as long as they can read and are willing to learn, um, we teach them and they do learn and they become successful. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, what are the benefits of grooming and what happens when it's not done? Oh, good question. So, um, yes, we, we also teach our students how to educate um, clients because it is very important. Um, so the benefits of grooming are um, to keep dogs obviously healthy. Um, so there's all kinds of things that grow <laughs> yeah. and can impede on them walking and just simple basic functions. Um, or even blood circulation. Yes. I mean, yeah. I'm not a vet, but I've seen a lot of things out yeah. here. Yeah. And it really all just comes down to education. Yeah. Some people just may not know that certain breeds exactly. yep. with long hair or mm -hmm. whatever need to yeah. upkeep grooming yeah. to keep their pets healthy. So... What are the results of the program and, you know, like, what's the next step after they graduate? Um, are they able to get jobs elsewhere? Or, you know, what kind of reviews do you get from your students? Whoever yeah. wants to take that one. <laughs> so we actually, we have 100% job placement. Wow. So, yeah, most students are placed in a job before they graduate. Um, and the second stage of our program is kind of helping them then get into that, um, into their new position. They get an employment coach. There's emergency assistance for graduates. But so far, what we've seen in our last program evaluation, um, which was last year, so we'll do a new one this year, but the average salary was $41,000 a year. We have several groomers making $70,000 already. Um, we expect wow. that... Wow, that wage awesome. to continue growing um, as they gain more experience and get faster. 
Um, and what that means is now mom can afford a reliable car and now she can pick where she lives and what school her kids are going to go to. And now she can be at home at night and, you know, part of the weekend with her kids to actually do that parenting piece. So for us, the huge demand in the market for groomers, you know, it's a hundred billion dollar field right now the the, um, pet industry has really helped our families break the cycle of poverty. And at the end of the day, when you go home, how does that make you feel? It has to feel pretty good, right? To know that, you know, you're not only helping someone land a job, but you have such a positive impact on their home life with their families. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, and, you know, and I'm not, I'm sure Lacey might feel the same way sometimes that it's hard during the day-to-day with the families yeah. because you see the barriers that they're coming from. You know, we, we've we seen the students with the strangle marks on their neck coming to class right. because of their, you know, spouse at home. And so it is hard in the moment to see what good is happening sometimes because there's they have so many struggles. I can only imagine. Yeah. But it is pretty cool when, you know, graduates will call back and say, hey, I've I'm making $60,000 a year now, but I don't have health insurance yet. How do I get that? Or now I've got health insurance, but I want to save for retirement. How do I do that? And it's just kind of fun to see the progression. You know, we've had people now that can buy their first homes. And these were just things that they never, ever thought were possible Mm -hmm. for them. And when you get to that level where you can start thinking about those things in your life, you know that they're doing okay. Yeah. Do you have any student stories that have stuck with you this entire time that, you know, always come to mind when you're talking about the work that you do? You know, one of the stories that I always think about that is probably more of a sad story than a happy story, um, but it, it it's just why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. We had, um, I had a student that I moved into a homeless shelter with her eight-year-old daughter. They were living on the street and you know, we're standing in line to get into the shelter and you can have six trash bags when you go into the shelter and you're in this line and they pat you down and put you through a metal detector. And then there, you know, there's a lot of folks in there that just came right out of prison. And the, the mom looked at me and said, you know, can I just tell her, and she's talking about her daughter, that we're staying in a hotel. And I'm like, your daughter's smarter than that. She's going to know that you're not in a hotel. Well, the daughter, they get checked in. The daughter won't go to the bathroom at the shelter. And so she goes to the bathroom at her school every morning and every night. And one morning she comes in and she gives me a hug. And I said, well, what was that for? And she said, my mommy got a house. And our staff had helped the mom so she could get a house to rent. And um, and then as she's walking out, she says, now can you tell my mom to save money for food? And it just, like, breaks your heart. You know, my, my daughter was eight at the time, too. And mm-hmm. kids don't have control over what happens to them. So the more support that we can help these moms, and all of these moms love their kids just as much as I love mine. Um, but if we can give them that support, that's, that's really what we need to be doing. Yeah, I'm a new mom as well. My baby is nine months old. So Congratulations. Well, thank you. But I just, if, if I were in a similar position, this is a program that I would want to seek out if I needed help. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's your staff to student ratio? 
It's actually very low on that. Well, compared to other grooming schools. Um, so it's about a six to one ratio. So one grooming instructor to six gotcha. students. Um, and, and we do that because most of our students have come from past trauma, which affects how you learn. And so, I mean, I imagine, are you a pretty small group? We are right now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's just crazy to think that, you know, just a small amount of people can spark that much change in someone's life. That's just awesome. So I commend you all for <laughs> the work that you're doing next door. Do you have any plans for expansion? We do. So we're very excited. Um, this is actually not public information yet, so oh. your viewers will know first. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to go there if you, you're not no, ready. No, but. <laughs> we, we bought the building um, at 5805 Troost, so on the corner of 58th and Troost. And um, we will, when we're finished with the renovation, we'll have 16,000 square feet. Our, what are you now? What are you So now? we're 5,000 square feet now. And we, wow. we have 30 employees now, um, and the new building will start at probably around 40 and up to 60. We'll triple the size of our grooming school. We'll add doggy daycare and possibly boarding in the future. So they can learn different skills. Yes. Wow. Yes. And then we'll also have a market rate grooming salon on staff. So that's for the ones that want those experienced graduates working on their dogs instead of students that are just learning. Oh, cool. Do you ever see yourself creating a different program that's beyond grooming? Like, is there ever a, a point where there's going to be no need for groomers in the city because you have so many students coming through? Yeah, you know, when I first started the organization, that was a worry. But it's so funny because with the boom in the pet industry, I mean, when, when we first started in 2016, it was estimated that 33% of all households in Kansas City had a dog. And yeah. now it's like 47% are estimated to have a dog. And I think that's partly because of the pandemic. Everybody yes. was adopting pets while they were at home. That's right. And they become more and more like children. And we love that because they spend more money on their dogs, which gives our moms more money for their children. Um, and so what we're seeing right now is the demand actually going up for our groomers. You know, we're, we're still seeing that 100% job placement. They're getting taken months before that they graduate. And so we believe that that's probably going to continue on that trajectory for quite a while. Yeah, if you're having the results, you, you're doing something right. So, well, let's wrap things up. How can people support your organization and find more information? So they can go to our website. It's www.thegroomingproject.com. And they can donate money. They can bring their dogs out for a hair appointment at our Lee Summit Salon. Um, they do need to call first for an appointment. Um, yeah. I, I would say, too, something else I'd like to throw out there is, is um, we see a lot of similar breeds that are popular. Um, but something that we really need for our students um, to work towards graduation they have to test out on breed-specific um, standard haircuts. Okay. And so if people have purebreed dogs, um, so uh, especially terriers, Yorkies, um, anything that is purebreed, um, anything in the Spaniel family. Awesome. Yeah. Well, now everybody knows. Natasha and Lacey, thank you so much for being on the show today. Keep doing the awesome work that you're doing next door. And, you know, we're here to partner with you whenever you need us, and we're excited for your expansion. 
Great. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Of course. March is Pet Poison Prevention Month, so we thought we'd take a look today at some of the most common pet poisons. On the list of commonly ingested pet toxins, numbers one and two are medication, both prescription and over-the-counter. So be sure to keep medications locked up and away from our furry friends. But it's not just accidental ingestion of medicine that's a problem. Giving human medicines to pets is a big no-no, even if it's not inherently dangerous, dosage is always an issue. In addition, don't ever give medicine to a cat that's meant for a dog or the other way around. Take flea preventative, for example. It's a huge problem for a cat to be given the treatment formulated for a dog. Next, we have the various chemicals in and around the house. Lawn chemicals like fertilizer and herbicide, laundry detergent, automotive products like oil antifreeze, indoor pesticides, and on and on. All poisonous. As little as a teaspoon of antifreeze can be deadly to a cat, so it's no joke. Keep all that stuff locked up. Don't let pets have access to areas where there are bait traps. And keep pets out of the house when using foggers. And don't let them back in until they've dissipated. And if you're using lawn chemicals, either wait until they dry to let your pets out. Or better yet, find an alternative solution that isn't toxic to your furry family member. Or better than that, get rid of your lawn because it's one of the most water-wasting things you can have in your life. But just because something's natural doesn't mean it's safe. That's a mistake a lot of people make. Plants have varying degrees of toxicity, so please take stock of your greenhouse of glory and make sure you aren't putting your pets in danger, especially if you have a cat who revels in eating plants while everyone is asleep. Human foods too. Alcohol, raw bread dough, fruits whose pits contain cyanide, and on and on. Oh, but there's chemicals there too, like xylitol, an artificial sweetener used in various candies and mints. That's a lot of stuff. How do we keep this all in our heads? Luckily, we don't really have to because there's a thing called the internet. A simple search can yield definitive results on the spot. It's come in very handy when plant shopping, I can tell you that much. And the ASPCA has an app you can download to research what's safe and what's not. That makes it even easier, doesn't it? Now we say goodbye to you, friends. Big thanks again to Natasha and Lacey from The Grooming Project for stopping by. You can check out the work they're doing by going to their website, thegroomingproject.org. As for us, we're a nonprofit whose goal is to keep pets and people together through supportive services, and you can help. Head over to prckc.org, and you can donate, volunteer, shop our online store, and more. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcasting app, rate us and leave us a review to help more people find us. And for the latest news, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at PRR Podcast on both platforms. So tail wags and purrs to you and yours. And as community creator Dan Harmon said, my cat brought me a toy. I thanked her and threw it. She sat there and gave me a look that made me realize people and dogs are the crazy ones. Take care. Pet Resource Radio is a production of the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, written, hosted, and produced by Sierra Howe and Dave Shapiro, recorded, edited, mixed, and mastered by Dave Shapiro, music by Hazel Raw Musical Industries, also Dave Shapiro. More info at soundcloud.com slash Hazel Musical Industries.